Okay, WBK Ultra Podcast with me, your host, Blake. My initials are WBK. That's You know the deal. Anyway, so I've got some cards here I'm going to open up. They're just uh, 1990s hoops cards. I did some experiments on eBay about auctioning offers opening up um, because I'm not going to just sell these, buy it now individually. That's too much work. I would auction them off all at once just to, I don't know, it's fun that way. Sometimes it sells for more. But what I've noticed is there's enough good cards in these packs that I can pick out the Michael Jordans and, like, the rare cards, you know, the cards that are worth a couple bucks a piece, and sell the rest uh, at an auction to, like, base set collectors, whatever they call themselves, and um, it ends up being profitable. So uh, you're going to hear some card opening sounds, but that's because I am multitasking. Which, you know, probably isn't the best thing for a podcast, but time is money, right? So, I guess first off, how are you guys doing? Everyone doing, have a good weekend? Uh, trying to, you know, the podcast, it isn't every week, but I, I do like just talking a little bit without having to, like, worry about um, answering questions or, you know, keeping a chat civil, which doesn't always end up that way. Interesting, you know, about the interesting thing about these 1990s hoops cards, and I know I just pulled one out, is they have Mark Jackson on there. Mark Jackson was, you know, a good player, but not like an all-star by any means. Well, maybe he was an all-star, but not like a Hall of Famer by any means. But in this picture, this 1990 hoops um, trading card, the Menendez brothers, who were these these parents, or these kids who killed their parents back in the uh, late 80s or early 90s, um, they are they're on the cover. Or they're on the card, I mean. Three or four of these cards in a row, I've pulled Greg Kite as the last card. He was a center out of BYU <laughs> back in the 80s and 90s. Speaking of basketball, are you watching March Madness right now? It is pretty crazy. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing my, my 10 cent bets on FanDuel. I got the free $45 uh, for betting on... Um, they basically gave it to you. It was like if Michigan State wins or loses by by at least or no by no more than a hundred and five points, you win the bet, which doesn't make sense, right? If you're if you're somebody who doesn't gamble, you're like, what is going on with that? That doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make sense. It's just like a promotion to get people excited. Uh, but I only I don't like to gamble so much. I like I like the concept of gambling because it keeps me you know more involved in the uh, in the teams in the games. But um, as like a way of money management, I hate it. It stresses me out, and uh, I'd prefer just to bet ten cents here or there, like I do, and uh, just use it as kind of an incentive to uh, to watch more of the games, or at least stay. I haven't watched hardly any game at all, any of the games at all. I've watched highlights, uh, but I have been staying up to date with the information, abreast with the information. Right, that's the right word when it's like you know in your in your mind at all times it's a uh, a breast that's more of like a, a physical describer i guess but um whatever it is i am that i'm curious why del curry cards aren't worth more del curry is steph curry's dad and he was a decent player in his career he, he got a, at least one sixth man of the year award which is like you know the first guy off the bench a really prolific shooter i mean no 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 shit right look at his son but uh, I'm kind of surprised that that Steph Curry's success hasn't like bled over to uh, to his father in in terms of like the value of cards. Maybe it has, and it's just you know so small 
um, <laughs> that I uh, that I haven't noticed it. So I was thinking about besides basketball, you know, because whenever trendy things come up like basketball right now and sports cards are kind of expensive and all that good stuff, uh, I'm always I'm always curious about what's the, what's the next big trend. And so I'm trying to think, what are the trends like that, that no one is predicting for when like the lockdowns are totally gone, and life is is uh, as back. Ooh, there's a Michael Jordan card right there, solid centering. I like that. Um, when everyone's life is relatively back to normal, uh, and I think that we're gonna have a lot of uh, of things that have to do with people adjusting to going back to work or not going back to work at all. Uh, but just things that have to do with like the way that our, our life changed our lives. We don't have one life. Our lives changed um, for for like over a year. And, and really probably it's hard to get used to that once things go back to you know how they were before. Uh, and so one of the things I heard someone mention on Twitter, they weren't saying this as like, here's a side hustle, but just like, oh, I wonder how this is going to affect this, was like dog walking and dog sitters and that kind of stuff. And they were saying about all these pets who are now going to have like separation anxiety because so many people, uh, <laughs> um, so many people were just at home with their pets all day. Like, how's that going to affect it? And I think that's kind of like said in jest. It is said in jest for sure. Um, but that doesn't mean that there isn't some truth to it. You know, there's a lot. Of, there's truth in a lot of jokes. That's why they're funny. Because they find a kernel of of, uh, of truth that no one wants to admit or we don't really talk about, and uh, makes that the center of uh, of of everyone's attention, right? That's how it works. That's how that's how humor or one of the ways humor works. There's a lot of ways humor works, but that's my my favorite way. Uh, and, and you're going to see a lot of like observational comedians. Someone like like Bill Burr is going to make jokes like that, and I think Bill Burr is hilarious. So uh, what are we? So how is this going to affect that? Uh, you know, in, in what ways are, are people going back to work? So there are going to be more people driving. There's going to be more people traveling. More people who uh, I would think, and I've been kind of saying this, but I, I think this kind of hits home on that. More people who may have been um, putting off trips, or, or you know, th- their money is being saved up, and they they put that money into sports cards, or NFTs, or Digimon cards, or you know, they bought old vinyl, or any of the collectible things we've seen go up in value. I think that they're going to sell some of that stuff, uh, and either put it in more conventional savings accounts because things are getting kind of hairy in terms of like the market's volatility. Uh, at least the stocks that I'm watching, and like with cryptocurrency and everything, it just seems kind of like. The bubble. More and more people think the bubble is going to burst, and what that bubble is is not really agreed upon. But I feel like everyone kind of has the feeling that okay, that, you know, shit's too good to be true. Uh, like there's not enough reason for all these things to be going up in value beyond like the government's printing off more money so we all have more cash. It's like you know, consumer-based quantitative easing, <laughs> which uh, well, that's a whole different podcast because I've got some opinions on that. Um. But, you know, luggage, you got to think about what things were produced less and are going to be in in a short supply because of the lag that production cycles have um, in relation to how quickly public sentiment in regards to traveling or any of the COVID stuff you want to talk about can turn. Uh, Because, like, the same way, like, we had shortages of, like, hand sanitizer. That isn't because there wasn't enough alcohol 
out there to sanitize our hands, it's because the supply chains take a few weeks, a few months to catch up sometimes. Um, even longer, but I'm saying like on the short short end of the of the uh, of the equation, short end of the range of, of of results this equation puts out. Uh, so I don't know. Obviously, I don't have like a list of like here's things you want to buy. They're going to make you guaranteed money because that would be an invaluable list. But I do know like in general the general idea. Uh, I would think that there's going to be certain suntan lotions or sun creams or skin creams that were discontinued because of low demand over the summer that certain people really enjoy a lot and they're going to pay up for. Uh, I'm going to list a lot of the luggage that I have that I've picked up over the over the past year or two. Um, you know, Patagonia or like Olympic brand, like the U.S. Olympic team. I've had that for two years or three years now. Um, just holding on to it for the Olympics to happen this year that never happened last year, I mean. Uh, so I'm kind of just like, I think it's things like that. Um, I'm not so sure if I said camping stuff earlier in the year, but I'm not so sure that was, that was a good one because maybe camping, people got their camping fix last year. Uh, I don't know. It really depends how how bullish you are on the idea that we're going to get over COVID and the effects of it and the lockdowns. Really, the lockdowns is pretty much all there is. Uh, because I feel like, you know, there's studies that say that having COVID in your country without lockdowns lessen the economy, but that doesn't prove to me that it would occur in America. That just proves to me that the way every country handled it was not good. And pretty much every country um, was very scared of the long-term implications. And even countries like Sweden, where they didn't have much of a lockdown at all, uh, there was still factors from other countries having lockdowns on their borders and just like the international news saying certain things. So you, you always have to remember that these kind of analysis are not like, they don't explain what happened. They just, it's a way of interpreting the data. Um, and there's lots of ways of interpreting data and doesn't mean that they're all one is right or, you know, rest are wrong. Just it's very, it's not as cut and dry as a lot of people like to make it when they're making stupid arguments on social media about what a country or the world should have done as if that is even anything worth talking about <laughs> you know it's like oh okay so you want to be king of the world and make all the decisions like you're that you're, you're good enough at that or you know people don't understand the the necessity of, of, of allowing individuals to make their own choices just in terms of the, the expediency of results it allows you to see what occurred and, and go forward um the best companies like netflix uh which i think is a great company but you know best company in my opinion give their employees so much freedom and the freedom to fail and the freedom to affect other departments too because that uh, rapid information to them is worth so much more than any individual project could be. Um, and I'm not trying to say that we should run America like, like Netflix, but I'm just saying that there are definite benefits to, to acting a certain way and to reacting to results a certain way and to allowing things to play out uh, and not to be hasty in your judgment. Of course, you know, it's easier said in hindsight, yada, yada, yada. But uh, I always like to, to take things back to economics and business, if I can, because those are where my interests lay. So that's the podcast, guys. Quick one, 11 and a half minutes, 12 minutes. I kind of like them short like that. Hope you do too. And uh, I'll see you guys later. Well, I'll talk to you guys later. You're not going to see me, except on Wednesday uh, at noon Eastern time when I go live on my YouTube channel. But you already know that.